How's that sound? Better? Okay, good. I can hear myself now. Hear myself in stereo. Alright, I'm getting thumbs up back there. You know, it's hot this morning. Y'all know that? I need some wind blowing or something. I shouldn't have said that. Now you are going to think about how hot it is. Alright, Isaiah 58. Uh, a couple weeks ago, at the beginning of the month, um, we started a, a series in um, Isaiah 58 for May Month of Missions. And Pastor Doug brought to us a message the first week, verses 1 through 3. And just to summarize, or just to make it a question, uh, out of what he preached to us, we can ask the question, why do we do what we do? Why do we come to church every Sunday? Why do we have Family Connect? Why do we do all the things that we do? And my wife is smiling. She's starting to be in the shade. Alright. I like it when my wife smiles. Alright, sorry about that. And the second week, uh, Pastor Eric, last week he preached to us uh, verses 4 through 7. And you could summarize that question, or that passage, uh, and ask the question, how are we doing what we are doing? Or how are we doing what we do? You know, through there, it talks about uh, the right ways and the wrong ways to pray and fast. And this week, we're going to talk about restoring what we do. And... I have a really long ways to go and a short time to get there. Um, so I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. <laughs> and just that is just making me stumble. All right. So let me read the passage because that's really the most important thing is to hear God's word. And if I can say what I need to say, that's fine. But as long as you hear God's word... That's the most important thing. So let's start there. Verse 1. Cry aloud and spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation they did righteousness and forsake not, and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. And they take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and thou seest not? Wherefore have we afflicted our souls, and thou takest no knowledge? Behold, in the day of your fast ye find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, <clears throat> ye fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not be... You shall not fast as you do this day to, te to make your voice to be heard on high. It is, such a is it such a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? Is not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, 
to undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free and that they and that ye break every yoke is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry and that thou bring the poor that are cast out unto thy out of that thy house i'm sorry about that let me read that again and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house when thou seest the naked that thou coverest him and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh then shall they thy light break forth as the morning and thine heart health shall spring forth speedily and thy righteousness shall go before thee the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward then shalt thou call and the Lord shall answer thou shalt cry and he shall say here I am if thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke the putting forth of the finger and the speaking vanity and if thou draw out thy soul to hungry to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness shall be as noonday and the lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones Thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they shall be of thee, and they that shall be of thee shall build the waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, and the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away if thou turn away thy foot from the sabbath from doing thy pleasures on my holy day and call the sabbath a delight the holy of the lord honorable and shalt honor him not doing thine own ways nor finding thine own pleasure nor speaking thine own words then shalt thou delight thyself in the lord and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word read. And Father, we ask that you bless the reading of your word. And Father, we ask that you help us now. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand. And Father, we just thank you and we praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So I want you to look at verse 8 once again. Let me just read it there. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. When you look at that word, the light, it's talking about light in a different way than we often think of it. Um, in our... In our evolutionary mindset, we think of light as being sun or the moon or the stars. But for us to really understand what light is, we have to go back to Genesis chapter 1. Turn over there to Genesis chapter 1, and it's in, verse, in the very first verse it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon 
the face of the deep. You see, on that first day, there was darkness. And it goes on and says, And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now skip down a little ways down to verse 14 and see what it says. It says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let uh, them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And that was on the fourth day. So you understand that God made light on the first day, but he made the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day. So what that tells us is, is that the sun, moon, and stars aren't the source of light. They're not light. They're just emit emitters of light, as how John MacArthur puts it. They're emitters. They shine light. Uh, in this passage here, it says they gave their light. So it's something that they emit. So when we go back to Isaiah 58 and it talks about our light breaking forth, what's he talking about? If you ever sat in a turkey blind or a deer stand when it was dark and you looked over in the eastern sky, you saw a faint glow of light coming. And you realize that it's light a good while before the sun comes up. And if you've ever been outside on a cloudy day, you know, even though the sun is not visible, it's still light. That's how the people when in Isaiah understood light. They understood that the sun just emitted light. And you're probably saying to yourself, Why? this is all good astrological information, but what does that have to do with God and helping us understand how He is? Well, let me give you one more example. When you last sat through a storm, a hurricane, and you sat there all night and you're trying to sleep and the wind is blowing and your house is shaking and making all kinds of noise. And you're sitting here through the night and the power's gone off. And it's just dark and you hear the wind and all that outside. What is the first thing you want to do when it becomes light? You want to go outside and see what the damage is. And that's what Isaiah is, is picturing here. You know, Pastor Doug and Pastor Eric preached to us about the sins of Israel as a nation. This darkness. And then when you get down to verse 8, he talks about light breaking forth as in the morning. Just like 
when you got you finally finally got daylight after a hurricane and you you walk outside and you look and see what the damage is when we realize when god shines his light when it breaks forth in our soul and we understand what the damage of sin is to our soul before god light light shines on our soul we don't know what the damage of sin is in our soul we just don't i know many people who brag and they talk about all the dark things that they do the sinful things that they do and when you talk about how that's sinful they look look at you like you have three heads or something what are you talking about that's just me having a good time You see, the light of the gospel has not shined in their soul for them to realize what their damage of sin has done to them. Make sense? Okay. All right, so we're going to move on here. As soon as I catch up with myself. And just uh, as a passage to help you understand that, John 1, 5, and it says, The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You see what Isaiah is helping us to understand is when we get our praying right, and get our fasting right, it all hinges on the passage that Pastor Eric read to us this morning you see our prayer and our fasting is only effective when we love God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind and we love our neighbor as ourselves you see that's the whole if you could sum up what Pastor Doug and Eric's already preached to us that's it right there they weren't honoring God you see they were coming to God but they were stopping short before they got there they were doing all the things that God said for them to do but they stopped before they got to God they stopped it was just a checklist it was a ritual that they did every week coming and praying and fasting but when they got home they were still oppressing their neighbors and their people that worked for them you see they stopped short of getting to god but when when isaiah says when you get it right when you honor god and love god and love your neighbor then the light breaks forth and you know what you look at yourself and you realize the damage that sin has done to you. And that's when, that's when your prayer and your fasting is effective. In uh, the, the passage we like to talk about a lot in Ezekiel 37, it says, it talks about God taking out our stony heart and giving us in a, a, a heart of flesh. I'm going to have to look at that. I'm 
getting my thought here. Anyway, he goes on and he says that once that happens, uh, in Ezekiel 37, he says, I'm going to give you a new heart that you'll just obey my commandments. You're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God. But further down in that same chapter, he says, after this happens, that every people will look at themselves and realize how bad their iniquity, how sinful their sin is. You see, it's a process. When we come to faith in Christ, the, the light of the gospel shines in our soul and we understand how sinful our sin is. And when we understand that, we need to repent. That's the repentance of salvation. But it's after the light of the gospel shines in our soul that we understand the extent of our sin, how sinful it is. And if you go on in verse 8 there in chapter Isaiah 58, it talks about our help. When you get it right, our help springs forth. And he says, our righteousness shall go forth. The only righteousness there is, is God's righteousness. So when we love God and we love our neighbors like we ought, I keep saying, I understand, let me give you a disclaimer. I understand that this passage is written to the nation of Israel, as a nation. But I can't help but when you read those verses, those words that say thee and thou and thy, those are personal. That's directly to a person. When I read thee and thou, that's directly to me. And when you read it, it's directly to you. But it's for the whole nation. And just to help you to understand it, is that a nation is made up with people like us. And when everybody does that, then you have a whole nation that understands that it's important to love God and to love our neighbor. Even though it's written to a whole nation, it's still written to individuals of the nation. And there's only, the only righteousness is God's righteousness. And when we get our life God-centered, serving others, then we are bearers of God's righteousness. Okay, they shine forth and realize what our sins are, and we confess them. We're loving God and we're keeping His commandments. Look at the rest of that verse. It says, the glory of the Lord shall be your re-reward in the King James. You have the ESV, I think it talks about the rear guard. This is a benefit that we get, get when we get our prayers and our fasting right. When we love God and love others, 
We have God as our rear guard. We have God as our rear guard. We have God as our rear guard. I'm jumping up and down on the inside, y'all. And I hope y'all are doing the same. <laughs> okay? God has your back. We like to say today, when you love God and you love others, that is a benefit. Look at Isaiah 59, 9. It says, Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Is that not a great benefit that God answers when you call on Him, when you get yourself right? Or what about the next phrase there? Thou shalt cry, and He shall say, Here I am. God is close to us. Now when Paul preached on Mars Hill, he said, God is not far away. Is that not a benefit? Knowing that God is, says, here I am, and we cry out to Him. But then he goes on there, he gives a condition here, and that next phrase starts with the word if. And he says, if thou shalt cry, he shall, oh, sorry. if thou shalt take away from the midst of thee the yoke. The yoke. When we think about the yoke, we often think of an ox. He has a yoke on. And when you study that word out, it's just not something on your neck. It's a little more than that. And the best illustration I can give for that is uh, a weightlifter who's doing a clean and jerk. You know, he's got this heavy weight on the ground and he, there's a certain way he picks it up and he gets it up here and he steps in and he puts it over his head and he steps into it. If you ever watch the Olympics and you see those guys, they've got these hundreds and hundreds of pounds that they got over their head like that. And when they step in it, you see they're kind of a little bit shaky. They're a little bit unstable. But then they have to come up and they stand up there and they get it stable. They get all that weight under control. Well, that yoke is like that step before he gets it under control, that unsteadiness. When they, they're trying to get it under control and they're unsteady, that's what, they, that's what the word yoke means. It's a heavy burden that makes you unsteady. You know, some of the uh, ways they thought about it is like in an earthquake. The whole ground is shaking and you're just unsteady. That's a way that that word yoke is used. I don't even know why I have notes. <laughs> All right, let me read the passage again. Um, if thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke and the putting full... Oh, this is, this is really powerful here. I don't know if you've noticed, if you've 
read much of of Leviticus, especially when he talks about all the feast days and all the Sabbath days. You, uh, Pastor Eric mentioned last week the Day of Atonement. But when you read through this passage and you know about all those feast days and all those things that they were supposed to do, you see every one of them in this passage. Like the Day of Atonement or the, the year of Jubilee, when the release. You know, people are released from their yoke. And you see all these other feast days in there. They're kind of veiled in there, but they're there. They're there. Okay, uh, we got this yoke on someone, and they're unsteady. Then he says, the putting forth of your finger and putting and speaking vanities. And he says, you, you're, you're taking away those things, you know, pointing your finger at someone or speaking vanity of them. Uh, putting away or pointing your finger and speaking things that causes another person to be unsafe unsteady it's kind of the sense I got you know you, you have a nation of people that are loving God and loving their neighbors he's he given us a warning here a condition that we got to take away that thing we often sometimes we like to do is pointing our finger at someone else that's unsteady you know they're under their burden of life. And he talked about all those burdens. Pastor Eric spoke all those burdens about a fast, you know, feeding the hungry or putting clothes on the naked. You know, sometimes it can be easy to say something like, you know, that guy don't even have enough money to buy food to put on his table and they say why don't he go out and get a job pointing their finger at them rather than loving them he's warning us he's given us a condition that we need to love that person rather than point our finger at them and speak vanities about it go get a job as an example, that's what he's talking about. And he says, you, in verse 10, he says, And if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, saying, Have compassion on the, someone that you see is hungry. You know, my wife and I were talking about it recently, about, you know, you see someone, I don't know who I was talking, I was talking to, but someone we you see them on the side of the road and you know they want some money and they talk about how hungry they are they lost their job or something and it's difficult for us to look at that person and say hmm is he going to use money and go use it on drugs buy drugs or something that's a good question to ask 
But should that prevent us from helping the hungry? What's he talking about? He's, he's saying to love your neighbor. He might, you might be in your heart to give money to a poor person for food. And they might buy something else. That's not your business. It's your business to help the hungry. Okay? It's my business to help the hungry. I can't help what they might spend the money on. You might say, well, I'm just going to go buy some groceries and give it to them. Right? That's extra effort. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. Or to satisfy the afflicted soul. You're helping the person that's in affliction. Then your light shall shine in obscurity and thy darkness as noonday. It's just repeating what he said in verse 8 about your light breaking forth. Look at verse 11 and you see the steadfastness of the Lord is further explained. Verse 11 it says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually a great benefit for the Lord to guide you continually and satisfy your soul in a drought and make your bones fat. And he gives a comparison there. It says you'll be like a watered garden. Have you ever tried to grow a garden without a source of water? It's difficult. But have you ever seen a garden that is well watered and well taken care of? It's a beautiful thing. There's a guy on a couple streets over that he puts a marvelous garden out there. I don't think he eats any of it. He just likes growing a garden. He's got like 10 rows of whatever he plants, squash or broccoli or whatever. It's a beautiful garden. And that's what it's like for God to satisfy your soul. It's like a garden, a beautiful garden. Those who love the Lord, the love God and love others, pass their benefits on to many generations. That is a great benefit. So if you turn over in your Bible to um, Exodus chapter 20, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Exodus 20. And I didn't think I was going to get this far this quick. I must be talking fast to you guys today. Or maybe I'm just speeding ahead like a boat and you're on the backwash back there and you don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know which. But look at uh, Exodus 20, verse 6. He says, Showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. And I thought about that verse a lot. And what does that thousands talking about is it talking about 
a thousand people, you know, like talking about all of us? Or is it referring back to verse 5 when it talks about generations? Thousands of generations for those who love me and give me keep my commandments. I'm not a big scholar, so I'll probably never answer that question for myself, but it is a marvelous thing to think about that when people love God and keep his commandments, thousands or thousands of generations are blessed by it. That's the point. The point is that when people of a nation love God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind, and they love the, their neighbor as their self, then they shall be known. What do they be known as? Back in Isaiah verse 12, 58-12. They'll be known as the repair of the breach. and the restorer of has. Think about that for a moment. You love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you love your neighbor as yourself, and you're the first one in your family that's done that. That's the breach. Your family was not seeking God. He didn't care about other people. But when you come to faith in Christ and the light breaks forth in your soul, God begins to bless you. God says to you when you cry out, Here I am. You're a repair of the breach. You turn the course of your family towards God. That is a powerful statement right there. Loving God with all your heart, Repair this breach. Restore this breach. Restore of paths. Pastor Doug talked about paths. Well-worn paths. When he was talking about that, I remember well-worn paths in Zimbabwe. Had these big savannas, grass fields. And you could see the paths that people took and they were well-worn. That's like ditch they just worn out um, that's the way they went because it's dangerous to get off the path there there's snakes and lions and all kinds of stuff that'll bring you harm but when you love God when you love others you're the restorer of the path you get people back on the, you get your family back on the path 
right heart is the start of right praying and right fasting. Let's stand and pray. Father, again, we just thank you and we praise you and we honor you for your word. Father, we thank you that your word is a light, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, we thank you and we praise you for that. And Father, help us continually always love you in every moment of the day looking at our neighbors Father help us to see our neighbors in love and help us to direct them to you help us to point them to your goodness and to your grace and your mercy Father we just thank you we praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So please remain standing for our last song.